Why do you support refugees? I support refugees because my family were refugees. I support refugees because we are all God's children and we all deserve a safe place to grow in God's love. I support refugees because God made us all in God's image. I support refugees because I am a legal guardian of a minor asylee named Carol from Burundi. I support refugees because my Lord was a refugee. Because I welcome and I love my neighbor. Hi, and welcome to Hometown, a podcast from Episcopal Migration Ministries, the Refugee Resettlement and Welcome Ministry of the Episcopal Church. I'm Kendall Martin. And I'm Allison Duval. We're so excited to bring you season two of Hometown. Each episode this season will include a Lenten reflection and a look into a new initiative from EMM called Partners in Welcome. Partners in Welcome is a network of individuals, groups, and organizations coming together to build a community of support and solidarity for welcoming newcomers to our country. In this first episode, we give a brief update on the current state of the refugee resettlement program, explore why now is the time for the Partners in Welcome community, what participation in the Partners in Welcome community and online portal offers, and how you can join. We hope you enjoy this episode. My name is Lacey Bromell, and I'm the Refugee and Immigration Policy Advisor for the Episcopal Church Office of Government Relations. In reflecting on the readings for today, I recognize that they are generally about how God is therefore and supportive of his believers, and that followers are strengthened by their relationship with God. Deuteronomy chapter 26 is about how God protected the Israelites. Moses said, He brought us into this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. In Psalm 91, verse 14 through 16, the Lord says, Those who love me, I will deliver. I will protect those who know my name. When they call me, I will answer them. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue them and honor them. With long life, I will satisfy them and show them my salvation. In Romans chapter 10, Paul writes, If you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And in Luke chapter 4, Jesus is tempted by the devil after being in the wilderness and shows that he's strong and that he relies wholly on God. These readings highlight many different aspects of the blessings we receive from God. Protection and safety, guidance in decisions and relationships, forgiveness of sins, and the hope of everlasting life. I believe God has made each person in his image and has in turn offered us a multitude of blessings. This Lent, I'm trying to develop a practice of prayer in order to draw closer to God, to know the giver of these blessings better, and to listen more closely to what God is calling me towards. I regularly practice gratitude by writing down every night in a journal, acknowledging the things and people and experiences for which I am grateful for. And that's really helped me realize and recognize that it is God who has bestowed these blessings upon me. But this Lent, I want to strengthen my relationship with God, to come to know and see through prayer, which I admittedly do not do enough of, to come and see and know God. I think you could say that I am seeking this Lenten season.
and I'm not really sure what this new practice of prayer will bring for me. In my daily work of writing and thinking, responding to emails and doing meetings that can sometimes feel like a whirlwind, I hope that this practice of prayer will bring me a sense of calm, and I also hope that it will lead me to better answer how I show forth the blessings that I do have and how I'm then called to live and act as a follower of Christ. To enjoy those blessings, like I mentioned that I receive the hope of everlasting life, the protection of safety, the forgiveness of sins, acknowledging and living with all of those things, but then acting to make sure that I'm actually acting and being the hands, the heart, the face of Jesus in everyone that I encounter and in the work that I do. That for me is what I'm seeking this Lent through prayer. We are so glad to be joined today by our colleagues, Lacey Bromell from the Episcopal Church's Office of Government Relations and Melissa Colston, who is the Partners and Welcome Community Manager. Thank you both so much for being with us. Glad to be here. It's always good to talk. Very excited. So I'd love to start with Lacey, um, if you could give us, you know, a brief update of what's going on in the refugee resettlement world. Sure. So the latest is really the same set of concerns that we've had for about the past two years is that the United States is really not doing its part globally to resettle refugees at a pace that is needed. Just recently, the UN's refugee agency, UNHCR, released reports that less than 5% of the global resettlement needs were met last year, which is pretty shocking. And the United States, just two years ago, was the leader among all nations in terms of resettling the highest number of individuals. But those numbers have plummeted. In August, or excuse me, October of 2018, President Trump set the United States' resettlement number at 30,000, which was a historic low, as you all well know. And the tricky thing here, though, is that we don't even think at this point that we're going to meet even 30,000 refugees this year. The numbers show there's been a little um, a little under 8,000 refugees resettled at the point of this recording, which is February 28th, 2019. And at this point in the fiscal year, we can sort of give an outlook and we'll probably only resettle around 20,000 refugees. So the numbers really continue to be the main concern that we have in the program. So when we're talking with members of Congress, we're constantly lifting up that Uh, We're concerned that we're probably not going to meet that 30,000 and then pushing them to urge the administration that they need to resettle even more next year, at least 75,000. So for folks who are involved in advocacy or want to speak out for the program, would you say that what they should be speaking out for is about the number? Yeah, I think that's exactly right. That really the main, you know, ask, if you will, is that the United States should at least meet the number that they've committed to that presidential determination number of 30,000, but really should do even more to resettle even more refugees because the need is there. We know that families aren't being reunified, people with severe medical conditions or uh, vulnerable LGBTQ uh, refugees who are you know, stuck in places where they simply are not safe, they need resettlement. Um, and those individuals who need that protection are not able to receive it because, because really the numbers are so low. 
So it really is about the numbers. So what actions can people take right now? So right now you can call your elected officials on our website, which is advocacy.episcopalchurch.org. We have some information about how you can email your elected officials. So if you're a caller, you, we, you can find their number by putting in your zip code and it'll come up with the number of the um, offices of your members of Congress. And so you can call them if you'd like, but we also have a draft email. So you could send a message directly to say, this is something that I'm concerned about in my community. We want to welcome more refugees because it's what we do as people of faith and it's what we do as a country. So you can do those, those efforts to make sure members of Congress are really hearing from you to say that you want to resettle more refugees. And then we've also seen vigils around the country. A couple of vigils actually were held in Nevada earlier this year that tied together issues of refugee resettlement and protection for asylum seekers and families. So vigils can be a really amazing way to have your community see that there's a wide group of support. That's great. Um, I'd love to turn it to Allison and ask you how the church is responding to this crisis and you know the ever-changing policies. Absolutely. Well, to build on what Lacey was saying, something we've been seeing at Episcopal Migration Ministries is as there has been a decrease in the number of refugees being admitted to the country and also sweeping policy changes with regard to other immigration issues from this administration, we have seen a rapid increase in the interest of people from across the church, across the country, in getting involved in this work and in sharing with one another what their local work is on the ground, asking questions so they can deepen their own learning and engagement in ministries of welcome and integration. So that's really why the moment is right for Partners in Welcome, this intentional community coming together of folks all across the country and the Episcopal Church to work together on issues of refugee and immigrant welcome. So really excited to be launching it today, the day that we were recording this podcast, February 28th, to welcome everybody into this online learning community, this intentional community of practice where we will learn together, ask questions, collaborate, explore issues, and and take action to welcome our newest neighbors. Awesome. I'd love to speak with Melissa now. You've been coordinating everything involved in this community, and so I'd love for you to tell our listeners what exactly is involved in the online portal portion of the community. Sure, I'd love to. We've been working on it for so long, I'm so excited to open it up to the world and see how people engage with it. Essentially, if I can sort of try to condense everything, the portal comes down to three main areas. And one of the biggest areas are the educational resources that we've been working to put together and will be adding to throughout the life of Partners in Welcome. That's one of the main things that we really wanted to bring to this because that's the expertise that we have. And then that will invite all of the members to also share their expertise and build this community of practice together. So some of the resources that we will have and do have, they can be engaged with in multiple ways. So we have passive, asynchronous, watch it as you need to, watch it at your own pace, engage with these resources at your own pace. Those sorts of things are available. So we have learning modules on specific topics where you can really get into the nitty gritty of different areas that will be useful in this work, like advocacy and crafting your own message, 
as well as really understanding the history of refugee resettlement and the different aspects involved in immigration today. So that's one really wonderful thing that we've tried to work to put together. Uh, the other thing that we're really excited about are some of the more interactive and time-sensitive resources that we'll be putting together and rolling out as, as we progress through this space. So we'll be having webinars where you can engage with them at the time or afterwards. And those will be offered to provide, you know, like timely updates, sort of states of play, that kind of thing. But they will also be used to bring in insight from experts around the field on specific topics. So those are really exciting. But the other thing that we're really excited about bringing forward are welcoming workshops is what we're calling them. So instead of just a webinar where you can sign up and watch the recording later, and the welcoming workshops are going to be virtual workshops that require a deep amount of engagement and will be highly interactive. So we've got, so the other thing we're really excited about are workshops that we're calling welcoming workshops that will be highly interactive, very time sensitive, and will require a deep amount of engagement from folks that are attending them. It will be limited, smaller sessions where you will be working with someone to lead you through a session about something very specific, and you'll be working with a group of other learners for a short amount of time, but it will be very intensive and interactive, like I said. Uh, more information will be coming about those in the coming weeks and months. The last thing that I'll mention about our educational resources is a book club that we'll be doing and offering quarterly. Details of that will be coming out very soon once we get everything arranged, but we're excited to engage with different resources about immigration in the form of books. So the other aspect of the Partners and Welcome Member Portal is that we want this to be a place where you can get information. It can be sort of a one-stop shop where you have access to a weekly news roundup and an events calendar where we pull events, different webinars, conferences, trainings from around the field. So you don't have to go looking for those things on your own. But the other great thing about the events calendar is that you can submit an event. So if your organization is hosting a fundraiser or having a movie showing, something like that, where you want people to know about it and be able to lift it up to their communities, we will have a way for you to include your events on our calendar. The last thing that we are working and hopefully will be the biggest part of Partners and Welcome is the Members Forum. Because what we're trying to do with members, with Partners and Welcome, is bring together people from across the country, across the world, and get them all in the same virtual space. Because we found with different initiatives with EMM that we learn best when we learn together. So the Members Forum is sort of going to be the way that that can come about in a virtual space alongside all of our educational resources and other events that we'll be having both in person and online. So the Members Forum is a place for discussion, a place for finding answers to questions, a place to engage with all of the members and partners and welcome. And we're really excited to see how that develops. And like Melissa said, the thing that I think we're all most excited about is that we're bringing together people who are learners, practitioners, experts, people who've been in this work for a long time, people who were newcomers to this country themselves, um, with people who are really eager to be involved and to be part of a positive change in how we talk about 
immigration and how we engage with um, and build community with our newest neighbors. So we just couldn't be more excited to be opening up this community to all of you and hope that all of our podcast listeners will come in and join Partners in Welcome. Melissa, thank you so much for giving such an extensive overview of the portal. And like you, I'm super excited for the book club. So everybody stay tuned for that. Building on what you said, can you say what you think is the best way for people to engage on the portal? So I think the, the members forum is definitely going to be the, the most accessible way to engage uh, just because that will be the place for discussion. Um, so if you are really excited about a ministry that you're building up and want to share your successes, it will also be a place where we can commiserate about the struggles of this work. That's a great way. The other great way is to tell your friends, tell people that are also doing this work with you. The, we are stronger together. The more people that are involved, the more experience is brought to this space. And um, we will also be host hosting in-person events, hopefully. So it won't all be virtual, but most of it will be. <laughs> that Those are sort of the ways that you can engage. Um, but definitely tell your friends. We want as many people in this as possible. And just to add on to that and then to um, turn it over to Kendall and Lacey too to talk about their excitement about partners. What I also see with partners is that we are experimenting and offering a new way of being church. Um, we are all coming together in intentional community around a ministry that matters so much in this moment and so much in the lives of our communities and our congregations. And so we are creating a new way of being together as the body of Christ by being present and building real community and real relationship, even in virtual space. So just very excited to bring this new opportunity and new model for being church community to, to the wider church and to the wider world as well. I totally agree with that, Allison. I think it's a new way of connecting people of faith to work and live into our you know, mission to love God and love our neighbor. I think it's a really exciting opportunity. And one of the things that I am very excited about when it comes to Partners in Welcome is you know, when I'm on the road and meeting Episcopalians across the church and speaking with them, you know, something I've been hearing in the past several months is, you know, church groups have sort of, you know, they had started getting a lot of enthusiasm around maybe having a refugee committee in their church or, you know, just getting that off the ground and had thought that they might even be co-sponsoring a family. But as I was saying earlier, because the refugee arrival numbers are so low, they're having to do sometimes a completely new assessment of what their church can offer, what their church's gifts are, what their committee's gifts are, and how that then can work with refugees and immigrants in the situation that we're in. Um, and some have even said, unfortunately, you know, kind of the group is sort of disbanded and they don't really know how to move forward. And Partners in Welcome is going to be a platform to build ideas and build possibility. So it's going to be a place where you can come to learn about what's going on in, you know, say, Charleston, West Virginia or in San Diego, or really anywhere in the country and the world as well about, you know, how did this church do it? They're going through the exact same thing. What could you learn from them? And then I think, you know, we also are committing ourselves to doing that one-on-one -on -one welcome work with refugees, asylum seekers, asylees, and immigrants, but making sure that advocacy is tied to every part of that. 
that we're then lifting up our voices to make sure that the powers that be, that elected officials, uh, know that we care and that we can have an influence on that system. So those are two aspects that I think people really find important and can come around together to, you know, watch a module together or type in the forum together and, and really think through how they can best contribute. Absolutely. And in the portal, in the Partners and Welcome portal, which is the space that we gather as a community, every member of the community will have their own profile. So you can get to know the other members of this community that you're a part of. Um, but we are also lifting up specific congregations, ministries, individuals, advocates, and activists in this work all across the church in something we're calling spotlights. So we already have a few spotlights created that I'd love for Kendall to share about, but also for all of our podcast listeners, if you, one, you should be a member of Partners and Welcome, and two, once you're a member, we would love to highlight your ministry. We would love to highlight your journey or your experience in this work. So please reach out. This is really a, it's almost a crowdsourced community. We are building the community that we all want to be a part of. And the input, the feedback, the contributions of all of you listening and all of the members in the, in the community will really make it all that it can be. So Kendall, can you share about the spotlights that you've already got? Oh yeah, absolutely. So if you go to our website and you click on our partners and you go to our partner map, um, what we've had in the past is where we've reflected our affiliate partners across the country. And now we're also including our partner and welcome partners um, and so if you hover over them on the map, you can click and go to a page that's just about that ministry. So for example, West Virginia Interfaith Refugee Ministry, they're one of our spotlight partners and you can find out all the information about how they got their ministry started, what, what work they're involved in, what kind of media coverage they've had, what they're planning to do moving forward. Um, and so it's a great place to just connect with the various ministries or organizations and even individuals. Right now we have one individual, Amanda Payne, who's highlighted for her work with refugees. So this is just a great place for you to learn about what other people are doing and to make connections because if somebody's involved in a ministry that you would also like to be involved in, this is a way for you to learn about them and to get their information, reach out, contact. So I think it's going to be a really great way for the community to come together and really learn what each organization or person or church is doing. So I'm very excited about that. And moving off of that, Melissa, could you tell our listeners how people can submit an application for Partners and Welcome, how they can join this community? So the membership application is on EMM's website. You can find more information about Partners and Welcome, about reasons to join, more explanation to the reason behind why we created this and what we hope it can become. And the page on EMM's website is just called Partners and Welcome. So please come join us. We're very excited and we can't do this without you. The community is all of us, the folks all across the church who are learners or have years of experience as practitioners, experts, in this field. So we we are so excited to be opening today and I want to thank Lacey and Melissa for joining me and Kendall on this episode of Hometown. This is the first episode in season two. So we hope that you stay tuned in the weeks to come as we explore various members of Partners in Welcome and some of our resettlement affiliates across the country and tell their stories. So thanks Melissa and thanks Lacey. So good to have you here. Great to talk with you. It's exciting. Thank you so much.
Thank you so much for tuning in today. Follow EMM on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where we are EMM Refugees. Join in the work of Welcome by making a donation to Episcopal Migration Ministries. No gift is too small, and all are put to use to welcome our newest neighbors. Visit EpiscopalMigrationMinistries.org forward slash give or text hometown to 91999. Our theme song composer is Abraham Mwenda Ikondo. Find his music at AbrahamMwendaMusic.com. Until next time, peace be with you and all those you consider home.